One, two, is this on? Ha. Yo, Jimmy hit me with that triple H. Just in case you've forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year. Wrestling News Live. Boys of Wrestling Radio, the Trey Dog. We will never use the words shit, God, Jesus, or any other racial or sexual slurs. And JJ Sexay. I did not. I repeat, I did not sleep with that young intern. As a matter of fact, I was up all night. Wrestling News Live. For the fans, by the fans. That's right, the franchise is back. Wrestling News Live. Your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, and I want to wish everybody. A happy Labor Day weekend. I know it's over. The work week starts up again tomorrow. We just saw a very interesting edition of Monday Night Raw. But rest assured, myself, the Trey Dog, and Josh Pedro have you covered tonight. Right now, I want to welcome, he is the host of Wrestling News Live. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog is off the porch and in the house. It's Trey Dog. Off. They say I'm cocky, and I say 
bragging motherfucker rip your back it up they say i'm cocky and i say what it ain't bragging motherfucker rip your back it up Oh, where my dogs at? Where my dogs at? Where my dogs at? Let me hear you barking in the chat room. It is good to be here with you on another edition of Wrestling News Live. And I got to tell you, I've had an untrade dog like couple of weeks, I guess you could say. I have always been that guy that felt like bad karma just had followed me for so long and Finally, for about two weeks now, it just seems knock on artificial wood. Here, let's get some real wood. Everything has kind of gone my way. I come to the casino, the Cherokee Casino, to do the show tonight and to watch Raw and have dinner and just relax. And I got my internet put in at my house, but they put it in the living room because you're only allowed so many feet of cable from the installers and it gets pretty pricey after that so my dad and i agreed just stick it in the living room because that's where eventually he will use the internet once i'm in my own place and uh i decided instead of doing the show in the living room and annoying him in case he should stay up late i just come to the casino and have dinner and chill out watch the football game watch raw they're doing their promotion tonight where if you swipe your card you enter the drawing and they put everybody's name in the hopper and they're doing drawings once an hour for 200 bucks. I won the 200 bucks at 10 o'clock. Pretty cool. Pretty good night so far for the trade dog. So I got paid to do the show tonight. I guess. I don't know. I'll, I'll but, be damn uh, man. 200 bucks to do the show tonight, man. You're, you're going to the big leagues there, Trey. <laughs> I mean, I had just made a joke to, to the waitress that was over here. I said, you know, because they called four or five names and, people that had, they had called weren't here and so they just keep drawing until somebody steps up to, to claim the money and i was sitting here i said you know what i said i could be the only name in that barrel and they won't call my name so i don't have any chance of winning and sure as shit bam <laughs> they called my name right after that maybe that luck is starting to turn around for you there dog i hope so i hope so got a lot of interesting things uh to talk about tonight on the show um debuting a new segment on the show a little later called what in the blue hell is gold dust saying and we take gold dust quotes from his twitter page where if you're not a follower you should be because that guy is more weird on twitter than he is on raw or in real life i think well there's still a there's still a quote from jr he's as goofy as a pet coon he is as goofy as a pet coon We'll get to that later in the show. Also, something that I've brought back to the show for those long-time listeners, the old WNL buzzer. <laughs> Did you hear that, JJ? I heard that. That's the WNL buzzer. So, don't screw up, because if you do, you will feel the buzz. There you have it. Other than that, just another Monday night. We thank you for making Wrestling News Live your Monday night choice to scratch your wrestling itch, so to speak. So to speak. That, that's a good terminology. 
Now, I do want to get into the pay-per-view last night later on because I I heard something today that kind of confused me. I Did I watch the wrong pay-per-view last night or what? I mean, were there a lot of botched spots last night that I missed? Well, there were in several matches. The last couple of matches were really the highlight of that show, Trey, but there was a lot of fucked-up shit that happened last night. I must have been busy talking to you and not paying attention to the show. Cause, I mean, I don't remember many missed spots. I, I know some of the matches weren't great. Well, the missed but... spots, the missed spots, that I, the one the only ones I can remember offhand would be that, that abysmal match that was, uh, uh, I almost said abyss, that was Doug Williams and Sabu. Well, yeah, that was kind of a botch fest, that match, but that was one that, God, should have really never taken place, but. I haven't gotten much feedback back online from TNA's show last night other than the usual suspects that all hate TNA. But I was just curious. I, you know, The show I watched, once the Sting-Nash match came about, business really picked up. I thought the rest of the show was great. Well, like I said, I, I had my opinions. I thought really up until RVD, or not RVD, up, up, hit the buzzer, hit the fucking buzzer. Buzz my there's ass. The, there's the first one. Let's try that again, ladies and gentlemen. Up until Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy, I really felt most of the show was not very good. Just personal opinion, but we can well, talk. We'll get into TNA a little bit later on. I know we got to cover Raw first right off the bat. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get things started with the Raw recap, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's time for the official Raw Recap with Josh Pedro. Josh, you're with us, buddy. Yes, indeed. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? We're good. What, what, what's new in the world of Josh Pedra? Uh, nothing much. Just your typical boring weekend, celebrated Labor Day with the family, and... Pretty much here to join you guys for Monday Night Raw. How did things start off tonight? I mean, it is Monday night. Could it have been the Nexus? Well, you know what? It is Monday night, and sure enough, it was the Nexus. They opened up Monday Night Raw in the middle of the ring, so we didn't even get an opening montage. Uh, They basically recap what they did on Raw last week when Randy Orton then interrupts. And Orton says he promises to deliver an RKO to Wade Barrett at Night of Champions. Of course, this brings in the general manager, MacBook, and says that Justin Gabriel will be facing off against John Cena. Thank you, Trey, with the MacBook assist. And then Wade Barrett will also face off against Randy Orton later on tonight. But to make things a little more interesting, the Nexus will be banned from ringside. So right away, we get two matches set up for Monday Night Raw later tonight. Yay. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I got to be real honest. The whole uh, the whole Nexus promo I found to be extremely and utterly boring. Um, you know, aside from Wade Barrett, you know, what's his name? Heath Slater, Wendy, you know, talking about how he beat John Cena and Gabriel talking about how he hit the 450 splash. I, I don't know, man. I just, oh. To me, it, it came off a little flat. Somebody on Twitter had mentioned uh, during the, the Nexus promo that 
the Nexus promo just shows that Wade Barrett should be the only one talking on the microphone. Moving on, first match of the night is Chris Jericho against John Morrison. And before Jericho can even get to the ring, the GM interrupts one more time. Trey, if you will. Oh, do we do, we're going to do that now for, for good? Well, you did it once. As if we don't get enough of it, you know. Exactly. So the GM interrupts Jericho and says that if they do not win their matches tonight, which would be him and Edge, they'll be taken out of the six-pack challenge. And Chris Jericho's opponent is none other than John Morrison. John Morrison puts up a pretty good match in this one, as well as Chris Jericho, and he hits Starship Pain and gives Jericho the loss. So now Jericho is gone from Night of Champions, and he is absolutely beside himself as he heads to the backstage area. So pretty interesting there. Yeah... Mm, moving on. <laughs> I actually, I actually, when this match started, Jericho's in the ring and they're talking about how you know he walked out on the team Cena or whatever, walked out on the WWE and slapped the general manager in the face and all that stuff. I thought to myself, huh, I wonder what's going to happen because of all his contract stuff and is this really how they're going to write him out? And well, someone brought up really, a good this, point. It's not really and, the way you, you would think Jericho would go out. And then when I heard Jomo's music, I thought, oh, well, at least he'll get a win here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the thing about the whole Jericho thing, you know, them taking him out of the match after losing to John Morrison, you know, and just he was speechless and didn't say anything. He just had that blanketed stare. I mean, obviously, they're looking at a way to take Jericho off TV. He hasn't re-signed a contract that we know of. And, you know, this is their way of kind of getting rid of Jericho. Now, I don't think he's com- going to be completely done with the WWE. I mean, he does this every so often. He did it in 05 and took a couple years off and then came back and had a real hot run. So, I mean, this could happen again. I mean, obviously, he has a band to tour with. You know, he's got other reality, I guess, other celebrity projects in the works. I mean, he, he was just the host for a game show that I thought was horrific. But, you know, I mean, who's to know what's going to happen there? Yeah, most definitely. We'll have to see how it unfolds. Up next, we do have the WWE Divas Championship match. Molina defending against Alicia Fox. Molina wins with a sunset split, and it looks like Alicia will not be the undefined champion of the Divas. So, <laughs> What was that all about? Uh, I was wish that, I could tell you. Brain fart? Was that just a brain fart? You know what? Alicia Fox, you know, I, you're getting better, but you got to know how to, you, you got to know what to say when you're coming to the ring. That's a buzzer for Alicia Fox right there. Indeed. And moving along we have another match Justin Gabriel against John Cena and this was surprisingly a very good match. Uh fortunately Justin Gabriel ended up carrying John Cena, but John Cena does pick up the win with a very sloppy attitude adjustment off the second rope which I kind of held my breath for because it kind of looked like Gabriel was going head first into that canvas. It was the super attitude adjustment. Of course, because John Cena is Superman after all. Well, no, because it was from the top rope. It makes it a super move. Well, I guess you could call it that, too. And up next, we have The Miz in the ring talking about his career in the WWE, how he rose from a reality star through Tough Enough, now as the U.S. champion and Money in the Bank winner. And he unveils the cover of the next WWE magazine, only to be interrupted by Daniel Bryan, who seemingly wants a United States title match against The Miz. Miz doesn't think he deserves it, but eventually gets talked into it. So now we have the official match we've been waiting for at Night of Champions. 
Daniel Bryan against the Miz for the United States Championship. And, of course, Miz tries to attack Daniel Bryan but fails. Uh, Alex Riley comes in and tries to attack Daniel Bryan and also fails. And, of course, Daniel Bryan stands tall as we get this storyline moving along. Any thoughts? You know what? I really enjoyed the segment, to be honest with you. Um, I like the fact that The Miz is basically going back to his roots and saying, you know, you're you're the people that said I was never going to go anywhere in this company. I wasn't good enough to be a superstar. You know, and I stuck it out for six years and I paid my dues. And when me and Morrison broke up, I'm the one that became the star. I liked it. And I like that Daniel Bryan came out. I think the music is horrible for Daniel Bryan. Let me just state that right now. In fact, quick alert, the guy that re-debuted in the company at the end of the night had much better music, in my opinion, than even Daniel Bryan did. But the fact that Daniel Bryan came out, challenged The Miz, got what he wanted out of that segment, I thought it was good. This, this to me, is when Raw really picked up tonight. I was a big fan of this segment. Well, I wouldn't say it really picked up because the next, next match was uh, Edge versus Great Khali. And... Um, Edge did technically win via countout, uh, but the GM does chime in, Trey. Oh, I don't have my GM buzzer ready. We're just going to go on without him. Ah, all right. <laughs> Very nice cover. What was that? Drink? I don't know. I, I, I can't do it. I can do voices. I can't do beeps and sounds. Sorry. Thank you. There we go. So basically, Edge wins via countout. The GM wants the match restarted, and it's now a no-DQ over-the-top rope challenge because he doesn't like the way Edge won. And um, this is where things just got uh, what-the-fuck worthy. Uh, because Kali stepped over the top rope, and he eliminated himself from the match, but no bell was called for. And they seemingly went through an impromptu finish to where it basically had Kali go over the top rope again. Edge is still your winner, but... Indeed, a very, very awkward segment right there. Oh, my God. That was so awkward. Uh, but it was so entertaining, though, the fact that, you know, Edge weaseled his way around, got the count-out victory, and then, obviously, the GM came back in and said, no, nope, that's not going to do. you got to do this. And then when Kali eliminated himself, the look on Kali's face was priceless because he looked like a total idiot. You know, give him a buzzer for that one, Trey. You know, the funny thing about the whole deal was watching Edge to begin with Acting like the great Khalid, he damn near hurt himself. It looked like he might have pulled a hammy when he was trying to walk around the ring. No shit. There's one for Edge, too. (laughs) (laughs) Buzzers all around. But I I love the fact that Michael Cole was just completely, he just eliminated himself. Why isn't the referee calling that? I loved it. I thought Michael Cole did fantastic. And you could tell there was just so much confusion. Uh, You got to love a live television show. Oh, and one thing that fail. even made it worse was the count-out victory. Uh, someone made a point that when Kali got out of the ring, wasn't it supposed to restart the count? I thought it was, yes. So, Botchamania, that- number, whatever up, whatever they're up to for now, um, that's going to definitely make it. That was from WWE Booking. Nice. Yeah, most definitely. And finally, that brings us to our main event as Seamus Edge and John Cena join the commentary booth for Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett. And uh, this is when Darren Young came down to the ring and distracted Wade Barrett, allowing Orton to hit the RKO and uh, get the victory. So short, simple, sweet match. But after the match, 
Uh, Edge tries to get the spear in on Randy Orton, gets RKO'd for his troubles. Sheamus with the bro kick as well, gets RKO'd. And we finally get the standoff between Cena and John Orton. Or, I'm sorry, John Cena and Randy Orton. I deserve a buzzer for that one. Or not. There we go. <laughs> and we get part 55 of them next week on Monday Night Raw to close out your show. But you know what? I mean, to be honest, I really felt like they were going somewhere with that Barrett and, uh, and Orton match. I, I liked the flow of it. I thought that Barrett was showing uh, a good amount of, of defense, a little bit of offense. I thought Randy did a, a, a fantastic job. I really loved the setup at the end, though. I loved how he hit the RKO on everybody, thanks to the assist from Darren Young, who comes down. Wade Barrett is obviously distracted by the, as he called himself, the missing link, not the weak link. Um, and, of course, Orton capitalized, hit the RKO. And from that, he invited Darren Young into the ring. And like an idiot, he decided to get in the ring. And we all knew it was coming. I mean, who didn't see that one coming a mile away? As he gets hit with an RKO. Um, I really love that segment. I loved how John Cena and Randy Orton stood toe-to-toe with each other in the ring. And it's, it does set up for next week. And I'm okay with seeing those two. I, I just, I was always a big fan of the Orton-Cena rivalry. You know, when Randy was, was the top heel and he was chasing after Cena and, and going for the belt. I mean, I, I just, I love some of the matches they had. The Extreme Rules match last year was, was phenomenal between those two. So seeing those two next week on Monday Night Raw, I'm okay with it. All right, fair enough. So that brings us to letter grades, Trey. Oh, I got to go first? Well, I could have JJ go first. I'll go first. Um, I enjoyed Ms. Daniel Bryan a lot. I thought it was really cool how Daniel Bryan was mocking his $10 haircut and how he hates this and hates that, blah, 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 blah. You know, I just I thought that was a great setup. I mean, I don't know that we didn't see it coming, but JJ called it, so give him credit for that for calling that setup between the two of them for Night of Champions. Um, I liked that, but by the same token, I hated Edge and Kali. I thought that was worthless as fake tits on a man. Um, the main event was what it was. You knew what was going to happen. Um, I liked RVD. Or not RVD. Oh, there's one for me. Buzz. Shit, I got one too. <laughs> I liked uh, Orton, RKO, and everybody. That was pretty cool. I'm not real sure where they're going with Cena Orton next week. We've seen it before, but you never know. They could throw a curveball in there. That'd be all right. Uh, I think this was just a safe raw. I mean, it wasn't nothing. It didn't suck. But it wasn't, oh, my God, pick up the phone and call your best friend to say, did you, did you just see that? I think it was one of these shows where Vince knew he was up against a primetime college football game, probably what was supposed to be and was one of the better football games all weekend long. Uh, but unlike TNA, he doesn't tuck his tail and run. He goes ahead and puts on a show, which is what TNA should have done or should do. So for Vince McMahon's Grapefruits, the Miz, Daniel Bryan promo, RKO's for everybody. I would say this show was a solid B minus. All right, we got a B minus from the Trey Dog. How about you, JJ? Wow, you stole my thunder because I totally agree with the B minus. I mean, to me, this show was much better than last week. This was much better than the 900th episode. I, I just received an email from the show's general manager. 
Okay, read and that he for says us, that You Trey cannot Cole. agree with me on letter grades. All right, I'll give it a solid B. How's that for you? There you go. <laughs> I just wanted to do that. I don't care if you agree with me or not. Well, I, I was going to give it a B anyway, but uh, I was going to go B minus. I'll go. I'll go B. I, I thought it was a good show. Like I said, much better than last week's Raw, and. Even I even found a little bit of, of enjoyment in the Edge and Kali just because of the awkwardness and because how horrible it was. So you know I, I have to I have to I'll, I'll go with a B. That's fine. All right. And as for me, I will also go with a solid B for this show. It was a lot better than some of the Raws in the past. Uh, we had some great matches, some storyline advancement. And probably one of the best segments we've seen all year with The Miz and Daniel Bryan. So it gets a solid B for me as well. And next week will be interesting as Raw Roulette is actually going to be returning. And, well, the only one of the only negative things I found on this Raw was, uh, and maybe I missed it. If I did, please let me know. But was there any kind of discussion on who the Hart Dynasty will be facing at Night of Champions? We're only a few weeks out. I mean... The next pay-per-view is Sunday the 19th, which is fastly approaching. So really, unless they build something up next week on Raw, you really don't have a number one contender for Night of Champions for your This is Sparta! Tag Team Championships. Romp in the chat room brings up a good point. This show is a lot better than episode 900. Yeah, I just said that. But he's right. I'm sorry. So I said it was better than last week. It was better than the 900th episode. Oh, it was 900 last week? Yep. Okay. This would be 901. They're all Apparently tonight together, was man. also the season finale, too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know they had season premieres when you go 365 days, but I don't know how they break that down, but okay. Wouldn't it have made more sense to have had the season finale last week? Just saying. I was just asking too much, JJ. Crowley I mean, says breaking Crowley says, breaking news, London Brawling will face the Hart Dynasty. Well, they sure as hell didn't face the Motor City Machine Guns, so why not? (laughs) All righty, then. All right. That wraps up another edition of the Raw Recap brought to you by the Wrestling Den, a column you can find on FromHeadlocksToHeadlines.com, the official news source of the Sunday Night Showdown radio network. You know, you can almost set your watch to JP's Raw Review, because it's always going to end right at the top of the hour. Not true. It actually ended at 12.13 last week. Well, I knew. I, I usually look down at my little clock here, and you're, you're right on time. That's well, I do like to be punctual. That's because sometimes Trey and I kind of go off on a tangent before we bring you on. Right, and I started to ignite and stopped. But it's all good. On that note, I think we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening. Before we do... JP, you got anything to plug, my friend? Uh, aside from the column, uh, not really. That's it? God, That's you're so it. boring my, these days, my friend. What the fuck? Don't you have another radio show that you do? Like, come on, man. Uh, Culture Shock Radio? Uh, plug the well, motherfucker. I guess I could plug that. All right, if Enough you are interested... with other radio shows already. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are interested in the latest news in anime, video games, technology, and music, you can always check out Culture Shock Radio every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern over on the Young Navigator Podcast Production Network. You know, I'm beginning to think everybody does a goddamn internet radio show now. I'm, I'm starting to think everybody's got a fucking network, too. There's a network for everybody. Everybody has it. Hey, you. Yeah, old lady, you. 
Do you have a radio show? You do have a night. You have a, a podcast. Okay. Everybody. Apparently, that old lady is on the "I've fallen down and I can't get up" network. Yes, but uh, yeah, everybody's got one but Curly because he keeps getting fired. I was in the supermarket the other day. This girl was buying Vagisil. She's on the little too much cheese on the taco network. Ouch! You know what? I can't help it. You, you... That one. That was bad. <laughs> I so wanted the buzzer. Thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> I'm serious, though. Everybody has a goddamn radio show now. Everybody. <laughs> hey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm going to go to the grocery store, and then I'm going to go see a movie and come back and do my grocery shopping movie review radio show. You it's know what? everything. It, it is, man. On that note, I think we're going to take our first commercial break of the night. Josh, thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you le- next week. He's later. only going to commercial because he knows I'm about to get angry. Yes, uh, no problem. Always glad to be here, and thanks to you, JJ. I'm never going to Taco Bell ever again. <laughs> Let me put my beef in your taco. Glad I could be of assistance. All right, Josh, take us out of here. Josh Piedra, you are listening to Wrestling News Live. I know inside this life, I see new life unfold. He's a cadaver rider, your fire is going You want some? Come, get some. You're either next us or you're against us. Awesome! Get out of my way. All it's going to take is one RKO. WWE Shop.com, the home of official WWE merchandise. For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basics tees while this special offer lasts. Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNA Video Vault. TNA Video Vault gives you access to over 300 hours of TNA programming including every pay-per-view and DVD ever released, as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today. I hear voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain, and I'm on planet Jarrett right now, listening to Wrestling News Live.
Hey, JJ, we got a little bit of time before wrestling starts. Uh, anything in particular you want to watch on TV? I don't know, man. Seriously, whatever you want to watch is fine with me. Dude, let's watch American Idol. This is American Idol. Plus, there's a little bit of ego that's getting out of control with you, I think, based on what your friends and family are telling me. Oh, dude, dude, my ego needs to need stay, stay, stay intact. You're more embarrassed than Clay is. Yeah. You believe that you've created everything for all of us, correct? There's a song, and I do credit you, YouTube for the song. You want the credit, you get the blame. I'm guessing you want me to lose every kind of point and, oh, fuck's sake. Okay. A power and a force that you've never seen before. They got the ability to morph and even up the score. No one will ever take them down. The power's on their side. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Money morphing Power Rangers. There's the chorus. See, it, it, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good. <laughs> you guys can't sit there and say Crowley's not the man, because uh, I'm surprised he did it, quite frankly. That was awesome. All the props to Krillin. Absolutely. Now let's smack him in the face with Matt Hardy's penis and move on. <laughs> Get out of here, you fucking porn kid. WCW announcer Mark Madden, an extensive forums board for the casual wrestling fan. Stop by and sign up to chat with knowledgeable wrestling fans. 
with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. This on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that Triple H. This is Flair 16 Tom. Welcome back to Wrestling News Live with your host, JJ Sexy and the Trade Dog. Oh, all right, guys, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live. JJ Sexy, the Trade Dog. It's got to be Monday night. It's got to be Wrestling News Live. I still love that clip, Trey. That was that was absolutely brilliant, the Krelly on American Idol. Loving it. <laughs> Loving it, man. Loving it. Oh, that was uh, out of my sick brain. One of those that was a good idea at the time, and now we'll play it to where it's like, I'll hate American Idol for sure. Probably so, but... Uh, that or I'll hate Krelly. One of the two. <laughs> You can't hate our fucking foreign kid, man. Come on. It's... No, there's only one fucking foreign kid. That's true. He and I are actually talking in a private chat. Oh. He's not in trouble. I see how it is. I just, fucking just keep I me out of the goddamn what do you loop. Mean, what do you mean you see how it is? This is the fucking SNS Radio Network with JJ Sex saying, what, the fucking other guy? What? That's Shelly Martinez promo. I'm not in it. Relax, Trey. You got a promo, oh, you got a promo on the way. Buzz me. <laughs> I'm just playing. But I will buzz you because I'm not doing it. Uh, this show is nothing but buzzes and botches. And there's no chat room buzzers because I mistyped something in chat and they were all going buzzer. No, there's no buzzer for the chat room mistakes yet. Well, now is the time I think we should uh, discuss the fallout from No Surrender. Yes. What a weird pay per view. It was a weird pay per view, but. The most important thing coming out of this pay-per-view last night <clears throat> was the fact that Trey enlightened us as to who they really are. Yes, I know who they are. And now I do, too. So you want me to tell them? Yeah, well, fucking, I, I, I give you the fucking opportunity to say something, and you're just going to, like, have dead air? What the hell, man? Yes, tell them. We have come to the conclusion... That we are they. They are them, but we are they, and them is them. That's right. So when Abyss is talking about they, he's talking about me and Trey, because we are they. we are they. And they are them. So the mystery has been solved. And we're thinking about coming up with some we are they t-shirts. Yeah, it'll say, like, we or they on the front, and on the back it'll have the WNL logo. Totally, totally, like, hit sellers there. But, yeah, when it comes to them, them are them. We are they. And if you're not they, you're gay. That's right. You know, if, if the Nexus can, can come out with the saying, what is it? If you're not Nexus, you're against us? Well, why not? It works. That's right. But, I mean... What a weird pay-per-view last night because I, I won't lie. I'll be honest with you. I'm watching the I'm watching the show and I'm listening to Sunday Night Showdown. I've got the volume down to about thirty percent on the play-by-play. 
and I'm, I'm watching the pay-per-view, and man, the first two or three matches, I'm like, well, I guess, I guess instantly, and TNA is really, really bad about this. It's hard to defend the company when they keep doing things like promoting London brawling to be in a tag team title match, and they don't show up. You know, and so they go, oh, well, London Brawling didn't make it tonight, so we're going to put somebody else in the tag team title. You can't just give somebody else, a, I mean, I guess you can, but I mean, it would have been better just to take that match completely off the card and, you know, lengthen one of the other matches, you know? <clears throat> well, uh, actually- it just didn't make any sense to say we're going to give a number one contendership to a team that they've already beaten this week. Well, I mean, maybe you're maybe you're with me on this same wavelength, but the fact that London Brawling were not there for whatever reason, I've heard multiple reports, don't know the, the actual story. But as far as I'm concerned, could you not have maybe brought beer money into the picture? Because they weren't booked on the card. Well, yeah. I mean, the best the best case scenario for what they did, what they... And I, and I said this on Sunday Night Showdown when I first came on, you know, TNA television has been so wrapped up around, you know, EV 2.0 and Fortune that if you're Fortune and you've got that attitude where you're TNA, you're what makes the world go round, you're the best thing since Pussy was invented, then you should be the one starting that show off. What they should have done in a flip flip style what I would have done then again I'm not trying to say give me the book for TNA because I know so much I'm just saying what I would have personally done you know I would have had the Motor City Machine Guns come down to the ring I would have had somebody like Bischoff come out and announce that due to personal reasons you know London Brawling can't make it to the pay-per-view tonight so there will be no tag team title match. Hit Fortune's music. Have Ric Flair and Beer Money come out, throw on an absolute piss fit, saying, "Well, if you can't even get your number one contenders here, then you need to, you know, step up and put somebody in that position, and that should be Beer Money." Blah 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 blah. They were screwed last time. Yada yada yada. It wasn't their fault. Yada yada yada. Have Bischoff totally against it, and then have your baby faces, who think that they're invincible and ten foot tall and bulletproof, beer, uh, not beer money, but uh, Motor City Machine Guns, have them step up and say, "Fuck it, yeah, we'll take them on. Send them on down here. We'll send them back with their tail between their legs." Then you've got a match that more people would care about than the first match. You know, then Bischoff shows a little power as GM, lets the lets the match go ahead. You start the night with your top storyline, which is Fortune, and the fact that they think they're the be-all, end-all of TNA. Then you get your Motor City Machine Guns in a tag team title match that, like I said, 90% of the world cares more about than them versus London Brawling. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, I would have taken it a different route as well. I would have probably had the Motor City Machine Guns come down to the ring and say that, uh, TNA has informed them that London Brawling has not shown up and there will not be a tag team match, but we didn't come here to not do anything and issue an open challenge. That would have made more sense to me 
uh, for a team like Generation Me or anybody else to kind of come into that scenario? Well, and you know what? Even going with what you said, we didn't come here just to watch the pay-per-view. We came here to fight. We're going to issue an open challenge. You know, have Bischoff come out. Everybody thinks he's going to tell them no. Crowd boos Bischoff. He gets a little bit of heat. Then Bischoff does what he does so well and flips the heat into cheers by giving people what they want and say, you know what? If our number one contenders can't even get here for the pay-per-view, then they don't deserve to be the number one contenders. So right now, let's have a three-way title match or a three-way tag team match you know, and and determine who the tag team champ or who the, who the number one contender should be and put your three tag teams out there and let Motor City Machine Guns go to the commentary table. Then you still get a tag team match on the card. That's not you a bad know? idea. That, that's, that's not a bad idea at all. But, I mean, you know. Then you've got Generation Me, you've got Beer Money, and, hell, the Dudleys if you wanted to use them. Actually, I think their contracts are up. I don't even think they're with the company right now. Well, but if they wanted them to be there, they could make them be there. Well, you've got a point. Like I said, I mean, I was okay with the match they had with Generation Me. I just thought it was kind of messed up that on a whim, it's, oh, we're going to throw these guys in. Now, anytime you have a wrestling show, whether it's an indie show, whether it's the WWE, whether it's TNA, there always is that little fine print that says card subject to change. And, well, this was one right. of those... This was one of those times when the card was obviously subject to change. So, um, overall, I kind of enjoyed the match. There was a lot of, you know, flippy fuck high spot wrestling with a lot of stuff not being sold. But, I mean, it is what it is. That's that's the style that the Motor City Machine Guns work. And you're dead. All right. It looks like I might have lost the trade dog. I guess he might have gotten Skypey and Death Dropped. I don't really know what the hell's going on. As yeah, that's obviously done. All right. Well, I tell you what. Until I hear from Trey, I'm gonna break down some news of the week, and we'll go that route. I'm sure he uh, obviously lost his connection. So, uh, actually, it looks like I got somebody else on the line. It's the fucking foreign kid. He's invaded the show once again. What's up, Crelly? Well, I thought I would just give you a helping hand until the trade dog returns from the Skype and death drop. Well, I think he's officially back now. I can hear you. You just couldn't hear me. I don't know what happened, man. Like It was like you dropped. Uh, you were there, but you weren't there. But since since we've got Crelly on the line, bear with me. Fucking foreign kid. Chris Kelly. Invades the fucking show. That fucking porn kid. Invades the fucking show. Chris Kelly. Invades the fucking all right, Crowley, what's on your mind? Oh, uh, well, first off of all, I, I, I say it was much better than the 900 episode. Um, and I am quite, I'm enjoying this, like, they are kind of showing tension between the Nexus. Like, oh yeah, I beat up John Cena, but I pinned Nuntiger. And it, I think that will kind of, like, kind of lead to their breakup, which I'm liking. But I, I don't think it should be as soon as, as it's currently planned because it is planned around bragging, bragging rights. But I, I'm, I do hope that this does go for a long term because I did like the attention that they showed 
today between Nexus members. I don't know if that's, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to break the Nexus up at some point. I mean, the rumor was October, but they've also got something with the with the whole bragging rights where they've got the, the in from the Nexus. So it makes you think that there's obviously going to be something there. I, I'll, I'll be real honest, Curly. I kind of think they're going to keep this group around. As much as they talk about they want to end it, I think it's got potential to go farther than it has. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, like, I I am a fan of a fan of, of just having a fact a faction run amok of the roster. Like and like I don't mind it being five guys. I know some people were kind of comparing it to the NWO and saying, Oh shoot, what happens if they bring in the guys from NXT NXT season two? I don't think they will do. I think I think we might see a another faction by the guys from season two. But as for like this kind this this kind of crop of guys, I still find them quite interesting, despite them not doing much apart from being up on Undertaker in a five-on-one situation. Well, let me just say this. Uh, I really hope, and I don't know if Trey saw NXT from this week, but I really hope they do not put a stable together with the guys from Season 2. After seeing the the <laughs> the horrible finish to that show that was just utter chaos, you know, and then Michael McGillicuddy with his the genesis of the McGillicuddy where he stood there and talked about the this moment. moment. My moment. The moment. This moment. It's my moment. It's my moment to have a moment within the moment of the moment that's momenting on the moment. And it sounds about like that, yes. Uh, but that that uh, whole segment was just confusing. Like you had Percy Watson attack his pro, then attack Alex Riley. Alex Riley then teamed up with Percy Watson to take out Caval. I'm not yeah, quite sure. Yeah, nobody nobody seemed to know who to attack. Yeah, it was kind of like. Okay, well, they were probably is... all in the ring. Their 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 butt, their assholes were all puckered because they were afraid to do anything. They might get fired like Daniel Bryan. Well, as long as you don't choke out uh, the ring announcer, you're fine. You can do anything. But that pool was a mess, as you said. But you know, even him saying the genesis of Michael McGillicuddy. It, it, you know what? I I hope that's not the name of the group that they're going for if they're going to do this. I mean, just groovy kind of love. Think, yeah, think of all the great oh. theme songs: "Invisible Touch," "Groovy Kind of Love," "Land of Confusion" would would fit them perfectly. Physical attraction. <laughs> I just, oh my god! You know, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Well, that's just Phil Collins. That's not Genesis. Well, he's part of Genesis. Well, he is. And, and, you know, who's to say if they call this group Genesis that Phil Collins and the rest of the guys from Mike and the Mechanics that form Genesis don't sue them for copyright infringement? Just saying. Could happen. Possible. But I will say one thing regarding last night's TNA pay-per-view. I didn't get a chance to watch it because, well, for once, I I decided that sleep was better than watching pro wrestling. But I did get a chance to listen to the archive of SNES. And it did sound like like, like a pay-per-view of two halves. The first hour and a bit kind of sound like a meh but the second hour sounded interesting dude that first hour was was pretty meh i mean the diva I, match I was, was horrible give myself was there for my misinformation of phil collins music hold on and you're a musician trey how dare you fucking get that mixed up come on man well i don't listen to phil collins i'll tell you that right now that's true you're listening to conway twitty and johnny cash which i listen to johnny cash so i listen to everything but genesis and Phil Collins, apparently. Well, then you don't listen to everything. I said everything but. So what's your hate on Phil Collins' Genesis, man? Why you want to hate, man? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. 
Fucking drinking your haterade over there. Fuck. Go ahead, Craig. I, I am looking forward to the uh, the ten 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 pay per view, as I've not. I, I do know that I do know that the sports out there, but I get to see them. So I'm quite interested to see how they go with this whole cut angle, Jeff Hardy, with that whole MMA. He's too injured to fight storyline because we all know don't we, that they kind of book themselves into a corner by saying if Cut Angle loses, he has to retire. You know, I so, I, I know it, I know it's been a long time since I lived in the states. It's been about four years. But didn't they have a phone commercial that was like ten ten ten, and you could like fucking call long distance for a cheap rate? Ten ten two twenty. Thank you. That, that's what it was. Close enough. Well, I did see a tweet from Jeff Hardy tonight that, of course, it had no spaces between the words because he doesn't know how to type. <laughs> it was all one word, but I think it said something about I gave everything I had. Man, I'm really tired after the tapings tonight. I'm going to bed. But it was all one word. So apparently on the tapings, Hardy does wrestle. Yeah, Jeff does, and Jeff does often give away spoilers on the tapings. Like, like he did a few weeks back when he revealed that he fought uh, Senator Moore at the tapings when it was meant to be a big, huge surprise. But I must admit, I am quite interested because it, isn't this week's impact preempted? So we have to wait 14 days to see the next. Um, actually, I think it's playing online. If you go to TNA.com, well, I think they actually have, have What they're going to have online is like a call-in, best-of type highlight show with Dixie Carter available to answer questions from the fans. Actually, what, what, what I think is going to happen is that'll be the night that Raven actually wins the TNA World Heavyweight Championship for the <laughs> night. And then the next week when they're on TV, he will already have lost it again. Poor, poor Raven. <laughs> I got another one here, real quick. <laughs> How did we get to the fucking foreign kid while we were trying to break down the TNA pay per view? Uh, he called right as soon as you dropped. I mean, after after you were gone, he called in. Apparently, and wa- don't you to do know the news. we don't take phone calls in this segment? No, he he was Jones in to do the news segment, Trey. We, we, yeah, but but I, <laughs> because because I show up when I promise to. Well, I show up to my new segments. That sounded like a shot. Thank you for that. That was a slap. Big time. How was it a slap? I show up to do, to do my segments. <laughs> I have an announcement to make from the Wrestling News Live general manager. Due to Chris Kelly, known as Crelly's, attempt to talk smack to other news organizations on the internet, He's been suspended from Wrestling News Live for 30 days without pay. Ouch. I got paid? This is effective immediately. <laughs> All right, Curly, you know what that means. That means we're about to slap I... you with Matt Hardy's penis. We'll talk to you later. Again? Yes. Peace. Fucking foreign kid. <sighs> I understand it's early in the morning over there. But we got a fucking format we follow around here. And when you start letting the inmates run the asylum, you know, just because I had an unfortunate death drop doesn't mean it's time for that fucking foreign kid to call in. Okay, Trey, let's get back to business. Where were we? TNA pay-per-view. Yeah, we were at the TNA pay-per-view. We talked about the guns and Generation Me and how confusing like said, it was. A, a very, very weird pay-per-view because for the first hour, hour and a half... I was even sweating it because I thought, wow, this is not good. You know, 
I'm still. <laughs> Currently, he's got a family. Damn it. Well, he does. I still, you know, storyline wise, TNA sometimes. I, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't think they do either, and that's what pisses me off. You got to keep it simple. And I think sometimes it's like one guy writes something, closes a folder, and takes it home, and then another guy comes in to finish but doesn't know where the other guy left off, so he makes up a point to start from. Okay. You know, it's just weird booking. Like, I thought... I knew where they were going with Sting, Nash, Jarrett versus the Hogan-Bischoff regime. I thought eventually Sting, Hogan, Bischoff, Jarrett, anybody with a real WCW tie would kind of get together. They were going to make it out to where it was like, this was our plan all along. Once we lost our own show, we were just waiting for another one to take over. Okay. But with adding Samoa Joe into that to fight with Jarrett, it makes me think, okay, Jarrett really doesn't want Sting and Nash to get over in any way. But by the same token, what the hell does Samoa Joe got to do with anything? Yeah, you know what? It's very confusing. I don't understand where this whole thing is going. And, And I'll be real honest, Trey. I think they got too much going on at once. You know, that, that, that may be a possibility. You know, and I said to you, you know, just talking on the phone, you know, one of the things that was intriguing about this pay-per-view was the fact that they had so many storylines that had my interest as opposed to the WWE. Right. So they're doing an announcement. Somebody else wants the money. Oh, I thought maybe they were telling you to get the fuck out. No, not yet. Um, the thing about it is, is you know, WWE going into their Raw tonight, they had the Nexus storyline. They have Undertaker, Kane, and the Six Man for the belt. That was really the only major storylines going on until tonight. You know, but yet people were like, oh, Raw 900 wasn't that bad. They furthered storylines. What? You know, now, now, TNA, they've got like six or seven storylines going on, and they may, in fact, have too much on their plate. That may be the case. Well, I mean, when you look at it, you've got this whole, you know, EV 2.0 and Fortune. You know, Fortune's trying to battle for control of their company by getting rid of these old geezers and getting and rid of them. they did last night. Well, they, they, every match that, that they were in, this EV 2.0, they were beaten. You know, it's uh, I don't read spoilers, and I'm not going to read the spoilers. But I'll be really upset if EV 2.0 is still around trying to fight Fortune because they lost. They 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 tried individually, and they lost. Everybody in their faction that tried to win last night lost, including their fearless leader Tommy Dreamer, who said, "I quit." But see, I mean, that should surprise no one when you look at who Tommy Dreamer is, when you look at a guy like Rhino, who for the last couple of years in TNA has been nothing but an enhancement talent. When was the last time Rhino actually won a match and it actually meant something? I mean, he's been a glorified jobber for a long time. So when you've got guys like the Sandman and Sabu, 
and Tommy Dreamer and Rhino and the Dudleys all kind of put together, and now the Dudleys have left. They don't, they don't have a contract anymore. They're probably not coming back. I mean, you've got a stable full of jobbers going up against a four-horseman wannabe with fucking six people, which I don't understand. Doug Williams isn't in Fortune. Matt Morgan isn't in Fortune, but yet they're with Fortune. I don't understand, and that's the problem. Well, I don't mind so much the two of them being in Fortune because Flair said, you know, he explained why Matt Morgan was there. Matt Morgan is the personal bodyguard for Ric Flair. You know, um, as far as Douglas Williams, I think they said they wanted to add some international flavor to Fortune, and he just happened to be the guy. I mean, I'll be real honest, Trey. The most exciting thing they can do with Fortune, in my opinion, I like AJ Styles. I'm just not digging him as a heel. I mean, I, I said this. A heel. He should be the guy the company builds themselves around. Exactly. I mean, I said this last night on Sunday Night Showdown. To me, when he goes out and wrestles as a heel, he still does all his face spots. He does the Pele kick. Heels don't do that shit. They wrestle a different style. They don't pull out all the crowd favorite moves. That's not how you work. So the psychology of him being a heel isn't there. Now, with Flair coming in, he helped him with, with promos, and I thought it was a good time you know, that he had as a heel. But at the same time, when you look at what he brings to the table, he, he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in that little group. And I think it's time they go back to focusing on what they were doing before when they were having Kazarian and AJ always bickering, trying to get the affection of Ric Flair, which, which sounds very gay in my opinion, but that's what they were doing. Uh, the approval of Ric Flair might sound better. But I think it's time that, you know, they kick AJ from the group, give Kazarian that spot, and maybe move in Matt Morgan as, you know, the, the Psycho Sid character, uh, you know, of the Four Horsemen for that group. He's the power. You know, Kazarian well, is, is the guy that Flair is grooming to be the next Ric Flair, and you've got a solid tag team. And then you take AJ, and you get the crowd behind him, you know, being the sympathetic babyface, and he does whatever he's going to do and goes after all the members of Fortune, and the crowd gets behind him, and there you've got a centralized babyface character that's chasing after the heels, and that's what they need. And they don't have that. I agree 100%. I'm getting another email from the Wrestling News Live general manager who says, and I quote, the use of the term affection when referring to AJ Styles and Kazarian and Ric Flair is in fact gay thank you gm of raw of uh wnl sorry so and you said raw which is not what we are we are wrestling news live we're going to buzzer news live can be uh, we're, we're becoming that I, real quick i i agree with you 100 percent though that aj's wrestling style is not that of the heel and so the psychology doesn't match the character the promos have gotten better, but you put a suit on a turd, it's still a turd. That's right. You know, um, and AJ's the guy that he's the he's the people's champ of TNA. He's the guy that people want to cheer, but nope. they can't because of the way TNA books it. And he keeps throwing it out there. This is the house that AJ Styles built. Well, wouldn't it be more prominent if the house AJ Styles built were behind him? I mean, they want to copy the the. WWE so much, AJ Styles should sit down and watch The Rock 
DVD set. I mean, he should become the people's champ. He should become the guy that's all about the fans. And, you know, his moves are like catchphrases. You know, the Pele kick and, you know, Styles Clash and all the shit that he does that the people love to cheer for. You know, he should be the guy standing alone to try to take out Fortune. Fortune should be the group trying to take over the company, not EV 2.0. EV 2.0 should not even be in there. They single-handedly, other than a great match last night between AJ and Tommy Dreamer, the 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 EV2 guys single-handedly tried to kill that pay-per-view last night. You know, I mean, that match between Dreamer and AJ was, was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I loved how vicious AJ was because he was kind of bumping in between I'm the heel AJ Styles and I'm the face AJ Styles again. He did a lot of really sadistic things to Tommy Dreamer, but at the same time, still using all those trademark, you know, face maneuvers like the Pele kick. Uh, you know, when I think of a heel wrestler, I think of someone who bumps a lot. I don't think of someone who plays to the crowd. And whether AJ realizes it or not, he's still playing to the crowd. Um, you know, like I said, I, I I just think that he needs to go back to being a face. This isn't working for him. Well, and like I said, the crowd wants to cheer for the guy, so it makes it even worse. You know, and you you add in that that fucking retarded impact crowd. You know, they're horrible. They one minute they'll be booing a guy, and then halfway through the match they're cheering for him. You know, they can't make up their mind who they want to be behind and who they want to boo. You know, I mean, when you look at the roster for that company, who is the predominant face in the company right now? See, you're having to think about it. That's not good. You look at WWE, we know who the predominant face is. It's John Cena, without a question. Whether we like it or not, we know. When you look at TNA, you don't have that. I mean, there's Kurt Angle, but not really. There's Jeff Hardy, but not really. There's I would say Jeff Hardy or Mr. Anderson. There's Mr. Anderson, who should be the heel. I think, you want to know the truth? I think Anderson would fit better in Fortune. Than being no, the baby face. Anderson's got to be by himself, but Anderson should still be a heel using that I'm an asshole thing. And that's why I really felt like it would have been cool last night. And again, you know, maybe I'll get bashed for my fantasy booking. I'm sure that's going to happen. But, you know, fantasy booking aside, had I booked that show last night, the ending to the Jeff Hardy Kurt Angle match was a little confusing. They, they did two overtimes. And there had to be a winner, but yet when it came down to it, Kurt was busted open and bleeding, fantastically bleeding all over the place. They stopped the match. Jeff Hardy's okay. They have to stop the match. Well, I mean, it's like an MMA or a boxing fight. If you're cut open that bad, you know, more so boxing than MMA, but if you're cut open that bad and you can't continue, well, the other guy wins automatically. It doesn't hurt Kurt Angle to lose that match because it had to be stopped because of the blood loss, because of the cut. And you you move toward a Jeff Hardy-Mr. Anderson final at Bound for Glory, and then Anderson does what everybody expects him to do. Turns on Jeff Hardy and is the fucking heel, the biggest heel in the company, instead of being the fucking tweener face. I've never liked him as a face. I always thought whether he was Kennedy or whether he's Anderson... He's better off as a heel. Right, because he's just got that cocky asshole gimmick. 
And I, I really know? felt like they were they were building towards something last night, and they really fudged it. So now it looks like we're going to have a triple threat possibly at Bound for Glory. And to me, that's yeah, it's, it's 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 looking like a triple threat at Bound for Glory. You know, you know, Jeff Hardy's not going to win with court case still pending. Um, and as, as far as TNA is concerned, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. Uh, if he shows up next week, great, because I got a ton of things to ask. But we have a chance, there's a chance next week that Jeremy Borash will be on the show. And if he is, then I'm going to ask you all the shit that we're talking about. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. You know, I'm going to ask him straight up. Maybe we can get some answers. Because other other than I, I don't know, man. I just, you bring up a great point with who's the decentralized baby face in that company. And that's something that has to be established. And there's not one. And like I said, the guy that should be, by all rights, is AJ Styles. And if they would just kind of work on this and, you know, they it, it seemed to me like they were headed toward that in the beginning when they were having Kazarian and AJ, you know, like getting into it all the time. And at one point, I thought they had kicked AJ from the group, but, you know, he's come back stronger now, and right. everybody's and all the friends. About, the thing about AJ and Kazarian is they work well together in the ring, and the thing about AJ and Kazarian that you can play off of is, you know, one's the, you know, light-haired baby face, one's the dark-haired wannabe. You know, Flair with Kazarian trying to be AJ would be money in the bank. Because Kazarian could cut a promo. You know, I was just talking a minute ago about Rhino's last singles win. And I'll be damned if that fucking foreign kid, Crelly, sent me the last time Rhino won a singles win. See, I I, I don't know if I can stand with this 30-day suspension, Trey. We're going to have to talk about this. Me, you, and the general manager. Apparently, according to uh, Chris Kelly from HeadlocksToHeadlines.com, Rhino's last singles win was March 12, 2009, against Sheik Abdul-Bashir. Wow. So again, I ask you, what what good does it do to take a bunch of jobbers and put them in a stable and make them extreme? I got another letter from the uh, Wrestling News Live general manager who says, and I quote, due to Crelly's quick response with some news needed that pertain to subject matter on said show Wrestling News Live, his 30-day suspension has been lifted, but because he's a fucking foreign kid, he still won't get paid. Oh, I'm okay with that. There you have it. That's from the general manager. Uh, I, I, can, I, can, I can sleep well at night knowing that, so thank you for that. So... I don't know, man. It's just, I try to say, and I try to live by, don't think that you can just take over TNA and book it to success because you're not there and you don't have the egos to deal with and I won't work with this guy and I won't job to this guy. But I don't know who I was talking to. I'm sorry that I don't give you proper credit. But we were talking off air. It might have been Crelly. I don't remember. But we were talking about the fact that because TNA doesn't book far enough ahead, they should have this this booked all the way up to like six months from now and just book towards that date. Right. 
you know, backwards booking. We know in six months this is where we want to be. How do we get there and make it make sense? It's like they book every week, but see, you know, <clears throat> all fly. But see, and, and that's the problem. When Paul Heyman sat down and entertained the offer, and he's said this many times, when he entertained the offer from Dixie Carter, they met, they had lunch, and he asked her, where do you see this company in six months? And she's like, well, we've got some things coming down the pike in the next couple of weeks. She had no definitive plan for, for six months down the road. It's short-term booking. It's, on a, it's book on the fly. And I understand there's a lot of egos that obviously um, need to be reassured or put in their place. That's the right. problem with the wrestling business. You know, by God, if I had a wrestling company and I was signing people to a contract and I fucking told you how it was going to be, I said you're going to lose to wrestler A and you're going to lose to wrestler C and you gave me fucking ego, I'd say, and you're going to walk out the fucking door and go find a job somewhere else. It's the same shit with a fucking indie company, you know, where some guys show up late. If you're not there when you're supposed to be there, then get the fuck off the show because you have no place for it. That's why I'm sick of the ego shit in wrestling. Well, and the thing about it is, too, you know, we talk about the booking of TNA. Dixie and, 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 and even Hogan and Bischoff have been quick to, de- to defend Russo. But it's almost like, and I can't see how, one guy... And one brain could book that show the way it's booked and have so many things that don't make sense. I mean, it's, it's literally like two people booking the show that don't ever talk to each other. Right. You know? How one brain can have that many slip-ups and holes in their booking is what blows me away. And why, if they have all these holes in their booking, are you so quick to defend them? You know, I, if it's not Russo, oh, I, I don't know that it's Tommy Dreamer. I, I heard Tommy Dreamer turned him down. I actually heard Tommy Dreamer's not even with the company anymore. Something I heard about- Tommy Dreamer turned the booking department down. He just wanted to be an on-air talent, but help out in any way he could. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I've I've heard rumors that... You know, he turned down the job that he was posting on Twitter that, you know, uh, well, I guess that was the last time you'll see me on TNA since the show is not going to be live on, on the, or not going to be on the uh, Spike Network this week. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, like I said, the bottom line is there's holes big enough you can drive a truck through in TNA booking, and that's got to stop. I mean, you know, when you look at the card for last night, some of those matches – on paper, look pretty good. On pay-per-view, not so much. You know, but Abyss and Rhino was decent. I thought Tommy Dreamer and AJ had a fantastic match. The I Quit match was great. Love the finish. AJ taking the fork to the eye of Tommy Dreamer, and he quit real quick. And that was the way to go. You know, Hardy and Angle was a five-star fucking match. I mean, it kept you on the edge of your seat. The finish left a lot to be desired. And then your main event, which should have been Hardy and Angle, was Pope and Anderson. And I understand why Pope and Anderson was the main event, because they needed that extra time to build um, Hardy and Angle. And they needed that extra time to go overtime. But from a, from a booking standpoint, 
I wouldn't have even put Anderson and Pope to go on last anyway. I would have kept it Angle Hardy because those are your two main, you know, high profile, uh, high profile players. You know, no offense to and Pope. Not, not that not that Pope and, and Anderson was a bad match. It just wasn't a main event match after what Hardy and and, and Angle had just gone through. Well. And it's like this. When you look at Jeff Hardy and you look at Kurt Angle, they're both former world heavyweight champions. They're both big stars in this business, or at least they have been at one point in their career. Anderson they're more had, relevant. Yeah, Anderson is not to that level, and Pope is not to that level. So to have no. those two in the pay-per-view, to me, was a big buzzkill. The match wasn't horrible. It wasn't great, though, either. And so that's the problem. I just was not overall happy with the presentation that they put on last night a few of the matches saved the show but the rest of the card was pretty blech i agree with that i mean it was a tale of two pay-per-views it really was i mean again it was like somebody booked the first four matches and somebody booked the last four matches you know and it was like whoever booked them and wrote what was supposed to happen shut their book and left and somebody had to pick up a book and start from where they finished and not know exactly what they were doing to finish. So they didn't exactly know where to pick up. And, and consider this. Uh, watching that pay-per-view last night, they had three matches within 30 minutes. That never happens. Usually matches kind of take a pace. But you know, there was only, what, eight matches on the card, if that? And you're, yeah. you know, within an hour, you're blowing through the first four or five matches. So I knew something was up at that point. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, the last four matches were pretty damn good. The first four matches were not good at all to me. So, that's like I said, it was. It it should be instead of no surrender. It should have been called a tale of two shows. No, I think so. I mean, it's funny. I I actually played a nice little uh, <laughs> song of the night last night. I, I took the song from. Did you ever see that movie No Retreat, No Surrender from the eighties? No. It's one of the first movies Jean-Claude Van Damme was ever in. And the name of the song is called Stand On Your Own. It was so fucking cheesy 80s. I had to end the show with that last night because it just totally fucking... In the chorus, it's there's no retreat, there's no surrender. It was fucking great. And TNA does a lot of things that, you know... Don't get me wrong. Don't think I'm being hypocritical because I still enjoy watching their Thursday shows. It's just that, like I said, I see a lot of holes that I think I could fix. You know, TNA likes to get their cart before their horse a lot of times. In your knockouts match, you know, Tara as the the bodyguard, when she was just eliminated by Madison Rain to leave the company in the first place. Makes no that sense. That makes no sense. It's just like, you know, the biker girl gimmick. I will bet you everything in my wallet of course, we'll never get a, a, a true answer. But I'll bet you everything in my wallet that they thought all they would have to do is make a phone call to Mickey James, and when her 90 days was up, she'd be there. So they started this biker gimmick with the thought that it was going to be her for the big reveal. And when she didn't come through and said, no, I'm going to wait and see what happens in Nashville with my music career first, they had to go somewhere else because, guess what? They'd already started this. Yep. And so they had to put Tara in there, which was silence when she took that helmet off and that mask off. You know? It was just 
the crowd was like, okay, so welcome back. Yep. I mean, it, not not a lot of build up to it. It was uh, kind of ridiculous. Again, that's the problem with TNA. Too many loopholes in their storylines. Too much going on. Not the right the people. The main problem is the main problem is you know I say all the time that TNA's biggest problem is advertising. I'm starting to change my tune, and the reason is you know you got to get your product fixed before you advertise it. You know, that's kind of, you know, I, I don't want to sound hypocritical. I'm just saying they need to fix the, the problems. They need to fix the holes in the boat before they set sail, basically. I, I agree. You know, and again, I think it starts with whoever or whatever group is booking this. They need to get on the same page and instead of three or four people writing from their homes and coming to work and going, here's what I got. They need to all four sit down and have a big meeting and, and book about six months in advance. I, I would agree with that, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, Trey. I really don't. Probably not. Probably not. And then, you know, yet again, here we are trying to con, you know compare something that's barely above a, an indie fed right now to the WWE. The only thing that makes TNA not an indie fed is that they've got a, a, a roster full of great talent. Well, now there's a, there's a roster full of great talent at a lot of indie feds. The, what makes them not an indie fed is the fact they have a major television deal with Spike TV. But they wouldn't have that deal without that roster. That roster comes and goes. That roster is mainly WWE stars or former WWE talents. I wouldn't even say stars. Well, the former the former WWE talent wouldn't be there if they didn't have the television. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg. And the main reason they have a contract with Spike is because Spike TV wanted to get a wrestling show on there after the WWE went back to the USA Network. Let's not forget, it was Vince McMahon that helped build the Spike Network. It used to be just the TNN channel, where they'd have, you know, the fucking... The Nashville Network. Roller Derby and fucking Dukes of Hazard and all that other horse shit. Although I actually like Dukes of Hazard, so I shouldn't say that. Say, don't start fucking with the Dukes of Hazard now. Hey, I got a picture when I was five years old standing next to the fucking General Lee one of my prized possessions. I, I love me that at 18 shit. going down on Daisy. All right. Never mind. I, I really don't have that, but it sounded <laughs> cool. <laughs> it did sound pretty cool. Oh, on that note, I'm done talking about TNA. Uh, the pay per view was what it was. I hope that Bound for Glory is well. I mean, they've just something better. You know, I, I want to support them. You know that I do. You know me personally. <coughs> Excuse me. You know that I, that I want to see them succeed. I I, I do enjoy. A lot of their television. I'm not jumping on the hate TNA bus because it's the cool thing to do. So I can tweet and sound like I'm, you know, really awesome and that I'm a wrestling quote unquote journalist. They do good things, but they do more bad than good. And when they do something bad, it's outshined. Or when they do something good, it's outshined by something stupid like putting Sabu in a match. On a pay-per-view, you know, against somebody whose wrestling style is the complete opposite. I mean, could they have not, since Brian Kendrick is apparently with fucking EV 2.0, could we not have put Brian Kendrick and Doug Williams together one more time? Or well, could, yes, we could have, but goddamn, I mean... Well, what about Stevie Richards? Was he busy? Could Stevie not have done it? I think he's selling the beatdown from Abyss. 
I mean, that's my the God. problem. That's just, I mean, that's one of their major problems. You know, Sabu, I have never been a fan of. I never have been. And then you put him in there with a guy who's as entertaining as a wet fart in Douglas Williams, and it's a snooze fest. And then when it's such a snooze fest that they're botching moves right and left because they don't know how to work together, it makes it even worse. It goes from a wet fart to the drizzling shits. I agree. I agree, Trey. You know? I mean, I want to support the company. They have some positive things in place. But, like, like I said, all it takes is one minor fuck-up to overshine every positive thing they do. No. That's a good point. I think we should take our final commercial break, come back. I know we've got a new segment to debut tonight. Then I want to take some phone calls and some emails. Yeah, when we come back, we're going to debut a brand-new segment on the show, thanks to Twitter, where you can follow me and JJ. JJ has a Twitter as well. Um, I am Trey WNL, real easy to find. And I believe JJ is Sunday Night Showdown. It might just be Sunday Night Show. It might be. I, I don't know. Harmony made the account. I, I don't hardly ever tweet there, but... Uh... I've never seen a tweet from J.J. I wasn't even sure he had an account until he told me he did the other day. But I'm on there multiple times a day, every day, and I do interact with as many people as I can. So if you send me a message, I'll try my best to get one back to you. Um, but when you get on Twitter, you start following all these wrestlers and all these famous people. I started following Goldust. And nothing that man says makes any fucking sense. It's like he's talking to somebody who's not there. And so I got to thinking about it. We decided to debut a new segment called What in the Blue Hell is Goldust Saying? And we'll do that for you coming up after a break right here on Wrestling News Live on the Sunday Night Showdown Radio Network. And before we actually break, uh, apparently it, my Twitter is Sunday Night Show. So there you go. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, this is Santo Loco, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live. <laughs> we keep it hardcore, like a 187. Keep it hardcore, LAX is a weapon. Keep it hardcore, so count your blessings. 5158, Be a champion means you write your name in the book of WWE history. To be a champion means I'm awesome. To become champion made me who I am today. Being champion means that I am the best. Now, on a night where every championship will be defended, whose moment has come? WWE Night of Champions, live Sunday, September 19th, only on pay-per-view. JJ He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library. And it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ 6 
He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. And you dig it, sucker! Sucker! Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker? Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the trade dog drink Velvet Sky's bathwater? Well, hello there, Velvet. That is some good bathwater, baby. Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. There's nothing more disgusting than gnarly, walrus-like nose hairs. My name is Dashing Cody Rhodes, and I'm here to tell you how you too can be dashing. We've all seen those men with hairs just, just dangling at the ends of their nostrils. I mean, when you go in for that first, that first intimate kiss, you don't want your woman focused on those curved feelers up in your nose. Therefore, proper care of the nostrils, it's important. Just take these nose hair clippers. You've got to run them along the inside of your nose in nice circular motions. Make sure not to touch the mucous membrane. And voila, a perfect proboscis. I'm Dashing Cody Rhodes, bringing you one step closer. Gentlemen, welcome to the new Wrestling News Live. And now, here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexy of SundayNightShowdown.com. You can't see me, but time is now. In case you forgot or fell off, I'm still hot. Knock your shell off. My money stacked fat, plus I can't. Oh, we are back. Wrestling News Live, JJ Sexy, the Trey Dog. And I got to be honest, Trey, I am completely still digging Dashing Cody Rhodes, 
I know I need to get some fresh promos, but I played that one again tonight because it kind of made me think. I don't know if you heard this or not, but apparently this dashing Cody Rhodes gimmick is catching on. I mean, he's talking about working on the nose hairs. And, you know, for a guy like Triple H with a big nose, that's important information. And That uh, leaves a big, big possibility for a lot of hair. And, and not only that, I mean, it, it must work because maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. He's now got an office in Titan Towers as the creative advisor to Vince McMahon. It's official. He's got his own office now. All because of Cody Rhodes. All I'm because glad of Co- for him, and thank you for doing that, Cody. I had an epiphany while we were at the break. What's that? Well, I was thinking of guys like Crelly who spend all day on the computer talking to countless women on Twitter. He's kind of a stud on Twitter from what I hear. Yeah, he's a player. Um, if you have a Twitter page, well, let me start out by saying, if anybody's ever called you a nerd, a geek, a computer nerd, and you said, no, that's not me, not me, if you've got a Twitter page that you're very active on, and you've got more hot chicks on your Twitter page that you follow than you talk to in real life, there's a chance you could be a computer geek. <laughs> That's very enlightening, Trey. Thank you. I think I'm one of them. Wow. I, I, I was looking through people. I was looking through who I follow to get to, to Gold Dust, and I thought it's just page after page after page of diva and hot chick. That's deep, man. That's really deep. So, in other words, if you spend more time talking to women on the computer than you do in real life, you could be a computer geek. Now. We're going to be doing kind of an abbreviated show here in a little bit, guys. So if you're going to call in, I'll open the lines up shortly. Got a couple things to run down first. If you want to send us an email that I'll get to tonight, it's WNLshow at Yahoo.com. On that note, it's time to uh, start up this new segment that Trey has put together for us. If you will just allow me to have a drink of your Sorbet, I'll give you a bite of my And now it's time for What in the Blue Hell is Saying That's right, we all know Gold Dust is a little detached from reality, a little different, so they say. I'm just a little bit different, there's no doubt about that. Now it's time to find out what Gold Dust is saying on Twitter today. And the Gold Freak. You can follow him on Twitter, twitter.com slash WWE Gold Dust. Gold Dust is a little out there. I often wonder just who Gold Dust is talking to, to be honest with you. I I don't know if he's talking to himself, if he's talking to the followers of his Twitter page, but he rambles a lot of really weird shit. This week, Gold Dust says, I need some gypsy loving tonight, but they don't have any in Puerto Rico. The kingdom is good, the queen is free from fatty, and the gypsies are dancing in the damn bushes. My bad, gypsies aren't in the bushes, over here ain't nothing lurking in my kingdom. 
Time to sprinkle some golden lust on all of you. Ooh yeah, feel that born. It's so good. Good night, everybody. The gold almighty and my kingdom is at peace tonight. Wow. Yeah, the, then there's uh, gypsies, angels, scribes, concubines, and queen. I love you all. Team Goldie, you're the best. G-E-S, love you all the most. Wow. I don't know what to say on that one. That's Yeah. Dude is out there, man. Gold Dust is uh he's a strange cat to say the least. The king is feeling frisky. I'm gonna hold a paint the nude gold dust for one gold shilling. The best painting of my sexy gold body wins. Actually, no painting on me. I wanna be the nude model, but someone has to feed me grapes. Okay. Alrighty then. I'm trying to find where he's talking about Cody. I may have already passed it. Okay. Yeah, I've already passed it. But yeah, those are some uh, tweets just this last 48 hours from the golden one himself, Goldust. And you'll be reading along, following important serious people that actually talk on Twitter. And then you'll read a line from Goldust, and it totally fucks everything up for you. I think it's the whole point. I think Goldust is there to throw that monkey wrench in your plans and make you think, what the fuck is he talking about? I eat poop. Okay. All right. Yes, Nexus, especially Heath Slater, hit on my queen and asked her to go with him. She denied his ass. God save the golden queen. Then he says, we are going to go to war with a fat Twitter whale. She has my queen and is torturing her. We need something to destroy. The king needs to rule. Any suggestions? Then he snaps back to reality and says, I don't own a car. That would be sacrilegious. Trucks, baby. Trucks. Well, he is still a redneck at heart. So is that... Uh, let's see if there's anything else. And magic will, and I repeat, happen with Ascana, Aksana, sorry, and myself. The magic happens when you're able to mix the old school with the new and make it happen. Okay. Awesome. And there's somewhere on here where he talks about giving Cody a golden shower, but we'll get into that some other time. Yeah, I'm not really into the brotherly love of golden showers between each other. I mean, I know the Rhodes family's kind of fucked up, but wow. Ooh. He asked. Uh, if he could give Cody a golden shower and then asks to release his Kraken to eat him. All right. I'm going to have nightmares tonight, Trey. Thank you so much. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what the fuck Goldust is saying. Wow. On that note, I think it's time we go to the phone lines right here on Wrestling News Live. You can reach us at 501-588-7957. We'll take your call. Uh, it's going to be kind of abbreviated tonight, so if you have a question or a comment, make it, and we're going to move on. So kind of consider this like ESPN Sports Center. Call in, say what you want to say, and let's move on. So, again, five is 501-588-7957, or send us an email at WNLshow at yahoo.com. They want to know if this is going to be a weekly thing with Goldust. No, just whenever the mood hits me. Yeah, every so once in a while. I've got other ideas that we're going to be adding to the show as well. Next week, I believe we're going to debut a segment called If You Can't Say Anything Good, Don't Say Anything at All. 
Well, that's not going to be any good. People are going to call in and not talk. I know. Well, that does no well. Oh, yeah, that's bad radio. That's really bad radio. I mean, there are radio shows out there that do that. You know, five or six people talking at once or five or six people not talking at once. It happens. Yeah, dead air is bad. Really bad. So make your phone calls now, kids, if you want to get in and ask us a question, access anything you want. And we're going to go to the phone lines again, 501-588-7957. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? This is the new foreign kid, Don Juan. How are you guys? You're in America. What's up, you're, Don Juan? You're not, you're not foreign. You're in America. So well, I'm the new foreign kid because I want to make fun of Crowley's accent. Oh, okay. That, that's better. We got to stutter a lot more than that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a better Englishman. That's what it is. Crowley's a cross between Douglas Williams and Goldust. That's not cool. Okay. Car- um, if, if Carlito were here, he would say, that's not cool, Trey. That's not cool. <laughs> Since you guys are making it quick, I'll, I'll make it pretty quick. And I, and I just want to talk about um, the uh, the booking for the you know for the TNA title right now. You guys, I know you guys were hitting on it earlier. And I had thought that they could have done this. Why not have Angle and that the Angle Jeff Hardy match finish the way it finished, a no contest? Angle, you know, cannot continue. Anderson wins the match. Anderson doesn't have an opponent for Bound for Glory. He goes to Bound for Glory. They don't have an opponent, but they tell him that they will give him an opponent. He's not just going to win the title. All of a sudden, at Bound for Glory, he's sitting in the ring, and the returning Rob Van Dam faces him in the finals. He beats RVD because RVD gets screwed by you guys. Because we are they. They. We are they. And so Anderson wins the title, and the new, you know, on next impact, Angle comes out and says, you know what? I, I want your title. I want a shot. I should have faced you last uh, on, on Sunday, and that's how it is. And that way you still keep Angle with the whole, you didn't officially lose a match, so you don't have to retire, but you could still keep Angle in the title picture while making his no contest match seem logical. No, that's, that's I mean that's a good way of going about it. I, uh, you know, I don't know if they want to. I don't know if it would hurt RVD to come in and lose to to Mr. Anderson that way or not. Uh, that's one of those you have. You kind of have to be in the moment to feel it out. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't have a problem with that. It would depend on who they turn out to be, other than us. <laughs> well. Did that make sense? It, it did. It did. Let me let me say this. The only problem with that is the fact that RVD obviously uh, is still milking those injuries. I mean, you know, he's really selling the fact that he was decimated. I mean, we're talking punctured organs, you know, um, a lot of damage done to RVD, you know, spinal injuries. So he's going to be out for a while. To bring him back that quick would really take away from the fact they tried to put all this effort into – uh, you know, making it seem that he really did get hurt. And honestly, with RVD's pay scale, the way they've got his appearances set up, that's the reason they got rid of him for a while is because he was he was creeping up on that uh, on the end of his appearances. And if he was to show up, 
you know, around the time that they would, if he went over the appearance level, is what I'm trying to say, he, they'd have to pay him like ten thousand per appearance. So I don't I see, think, I don't see him coming back to the first of the year. I'll be real honest. I think he's on hiatus until January. I, I think a better way to do that, staying with your idea, is have Anderson come to the ring knowing that he's going to have an opponent and that they haven't announced who they are yet. And since I'm hoping this guy isn't a part of they or it's really not going to make any sense to me, but there has been a tease that they signed Carlito. You could have Anderson in the ring, Carlito's music hits, he comes out to face Anderson they have, you know, one of those epic knockdown dragout fights that lasts about 30 minutes, and then you let they interfere. So that way you're not giving your newly signed superstar Carlito or the guy that's probably one of your top baby faces in Mr. Anderson a loss on a pay-per-view. Uh, hold on. That's not cool. Hold on. Are we talking about the pay-per-view? You're talking about Anderson facing Carlito? For the TNA World Heavyweight Championship title? That's not cool at all. No, no, like, no, he, no, 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 no. Because that's, no. that's what I heard. I'm sorry. I, that's what I, I was ta- I was thinking. So Carlito comes in against an instant fucking title shot? That makes no sense no, at all. No, 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 no. Okay. With the way the Jeff Hardy and Angle match ended up with Pope losing to Anderson, this means that they don't have a person for they're gonna re, they're gonna have a rematch of Hardy and Angle. I would that just makes too much sense. But you tell Anderson that he's not gonna get the night off. That although he's already in the finals for the world title, he's gonna have a match on the pay per view, and you debut Carlito in the role of the person that he's gonna fight. That way you have two big names going at each other on the pay-per-view. But before you get a winner after about a 30-minute epic fight, that's when you let they make their presence known. Okay, so I think I'm with you. I want to I make sure that I understand what you're saying. So you're saying at Bound for Glory, you bring in Carlito, and he faces Mr. Anderson. You have Hardy and Angle, and the winner of Hardy and Angle goes up against Anderson. Similar to right. what they did at WrestleMania 10 when Owen and Brett wrestled the first match, Owen Hart went over on his brother Brett, and then later on in the night, Brett Hart won the WWF Championship from Yokozuna. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Because I think yeah, I, I'm because, understanding. because that, that's, that's pretty much where I'm getting at, but by having they interfere in the match with Anderson and Carlito, neither one of them lose any momentum by not ha- by by having to job to the other one on a major pay per view or on their first night in the company. But see, I I don't agree with that either because Anderson has earned his spot to face whomever at Bound for Glory, and it's well, kind then of you can have the title match at the next pay per view. I I just think it's it's kind of ridiculous to put Carlito in like that. We, we, well, I we don't know how they're going to bring him in, but they're going to have to bring him in somehow. We can also go with the cure-all for TNA. Remember, it's always seemed to happen, and this is what a TNA would... It goes back to the old standby, pull it out the closet. Jarrett comes out, hits somebody with a guitar, wins the title. There you go. 
Yeah, I, I think the fans would riot. I, I think I think the days of Jarrett being the world champion are done. That that's completely done. I because I, I remember the, when I first started watching TNA, every other week Jarrett was winning the world title, and I was just like, really? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, at that point, he owned a stake in the company. I don't necessarily think he owns as much as he did before. He signed over his shares to Dixie. You know, I talked about a centralized character in that on that show, and to be honest, it's Dixie Carter. That's all we see all day, all night is Dixie Carter sitting at ringside. She's got, I, Follow I got me on Twitter and Facebook. I got a sinking suspicion that Dixie's, because she's becoming an on-air character so out of the blue, why now? Especially when they're talking about they coming in and overthrowing management. I have a feeling she's involved with they. But she is the management, so that, that I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why but why would Abyss say they're going to overthrow Dixie if Dixie was there? Yeah, exactly. Because then she can turn into a bitch and start firing people that need to be cut from the company. Oh, see, I, I I don't think that's it at all. I, I'm afraid that that they is going to turn out to be something extremely lame. You know, like I'm Scott Steiner not, and fucking somebody else shows up. I I, I mean, I'm I don't know. Not, but I'm hoping not, but who knows? Who's who's out there? Who's out there that they could be? Uh, the only two people that I could think of that could be they would be James Mitchell and Judas Macias, his family. That's it. I'm aside, hoping James Mitchell has something to do with it. Aside from that, I don't know who they could bring in. James would be the only one that make any sense. I thought that they they were going to do when when he first started talking about it, and then they you know with the whole EV two thing, and then it was like okay, that's not them, and. I mean, uh, Judas Macias was so quickly on TV and off TV. Like, I was just like, I I remember him, but it's just like bringing him in, I think, would take the whole TNA fan base and destroy their one brain cell. Yeah. Because they'd be like, who is that? But Yeah, I, I, I mean, for the first time in a long time, I'm stumped. I don't know who's out there they could be bringing in. They're going to be a big enough name to appease the appetite of the fans for as long as this day storyline has been going on. This is the one hoping, time where I think... I'm hoping it's have... not one of those deals where Dixie, again, gets her cart before the horse and had an idea of who they wanted to sign, and then it didn't go through, and now they're going, okay, now what do we do? Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say this is the one chance, I think because everyone, even Trace, everyone's literally stumped. I mean, one of two things can happen here. Either this is the biggest chance that they have, you know, the biggest chance that they have to really create, no pun intended, an impact, and they're going to fuck up again, you know, and bring out somebody so not fitting of the gimmick, or this is kind of their version of the of the WWE Raw general manager thing, like they don't know exactly what the fuck they want to do yet, so they just keep you know, doing the whole they thing, you know, and then trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do, you know. Well, so it made, could be one of those decisions. That's the thing, though, is that they've, they've, they've obviously made a decision now. That's why they gave us the date of 10-10-10 for the they to be revealed. Uh, you know what? I, I, I hope that they deliver something big, but it kind of bothers me. I mean, on one hand, I'm excited the fact that I don't know who it is, but at the same time, because I don't know who it is, I'm a little suspect and I'm a little nervous about it. I really don't think this is going to... 
and God, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think this is going to play out in their favor. I just, I don't know who they could get aside from Ronnie fucking, is. aside from Shane McMahon and Vincent Kennedy McMahon buying the company and being the people that Abyss is talking about. If they are they, that's the only thing that could make this gimmick go anywhere. Because that and would be a good way. CNA in the palm of his hands. You know, that's if, the thing is that not only are they going to have to be somebody in that's an on-character role, they have to be somebody that's going to be able to handle a management position if they're going after Dixie Carter to overthrow her and take over as runner leader of the company. So it can't just be a wrestler. It can't just be a couple wrestlers. It can't just be a, a, a Paul Mitchell and a couple of guys. Jim Mitchell, I'm sorry. Did I say Paul Mitchell? Jim Mitchell. Yeah, Paul Mitchell does hair, I think. It's got to be somebody that can take over, you know, not only an on-air role or have a couple wrestlers with him. It's got to be somebody that can take over management. Like I said, unless it's Shane McMahon wanting to take the fight to daddy. I don't know. That's it. I'll let you guys take a few more calls. I'm going to say I think it's JJ and he's holding out on us. Well, I have been known to screw people over. Just ask Trey. (laughs) We are they. But I'm going to let you guys take a few more calls, and I have an 8 a.m. class to get ready to go to sleep for. So you guys have a great night. Get the fuck out of here, foreign kid. Oh, wait. It's it's you. All right, man. (laughs) Later. That's my line. Thanks for calling. Later. Oh, I think it's time we get into some emails. But before we do... Actually, before we do, there there was a couple news items I wanted to kind of throw out there to you, Trey. Don't know if you right, heard. Don't know if you heard. We, we I think we talked about this a little bit last night. Jim Neidhart's been arrested. Uh, Tampa Bay is reporting that, uh, my Fox Tampa Bay is reporting, former WWE Tag Team Champion Jim the Anvil Neidhart was arrested yesterday, charged with possession and trafficking in a controlled substance and burglary. <laughs> Neidhart was picked up by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department in Thonatassa, Florida, when someone called them while he was pumping at a gas station, uh, yelling and causing a disturbance, the cops proceeded to search Neidhart, discovered 28 methadone tablets, 95 Oxycontin pills, many of which were reported stolen by his neighbors. The 55-year-old, who is the father of WWE diva Natty Neidhart, appeared before the judge this morning, and his bond was set at more than $130,000 bail. You can see the mugshot, of course, at this website, but we're not going to bother doing that. Sad news for the Neidhart family. I kind of feel bad for Natty. and um, I know last night we didn't really comment on this. Mark the Shark DiCarlo was a, per, a close personal friend of Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and he actually did try to reach Jim, but you know wasn't able to as Jim was in jail and didn't have his cell phone. So not good for Neidhart because if he gets in, indicted on some of this stuff, he's going to jail. Well... Uh... Unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it sounds like he's going to do some jail time. Yeah, exactly. And I hate that for the family. I hate that for friends of the family that we know. And I hate that for Natty. I mean, it's sad. You know, like I told my dad today, I told my dad about it. And, you know, I said it doesn't make sense if he needed the money or, or, you know, dad said, well, he probably blew through his money and had an addiction. So that's why he had to steal and he said, that's the only thing that makes sense. And I said, well, they got him for intent to distribute to make some of that money back. And I said, if he was in financial you know, hurt, he could have gone to his daughter. She's making decent money working for the company. She has to be. And like my dad said, he might have not wanted her to know that he was on the, the drugs or that he had an addiction. 
so we don't know. And it's just sad. It's a sad story, and I don't want to take it and run with it and make it a big, bigger deal than it is. Um, I just hope that everything works out all right for the Anvil and his family in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say anything bad about Jim. I've, I don't know him personally. I've worked a couple shows with him. And he was a good guy, and, uh, you know, I am friends with Natty, and, you know, I hope everything goes well. You know, maybe that's that could be, in fact, why we didn't see them on Raw tonight, obviously, because of this, but, uh, you know. What if they is Jim Ross? No, Jim Ross is with WWE. He's not going anywhere. I can't think of anybody who it could be. We're never going to figure out who they are. We are they. That's that's the we end are of the, they. We, we, are they, we are they, and, and that's the end of the story. Um, you know, The Miz is, like, red hot right now. Apparently, he's been nominated for an award uh, in Australia's Nick Choice. Oh, get you a surfboard. Uh, he is in the baddest baddie category. Voting is available at Nickelodeon.com through September 26th, with the award show being held on October 8th. In 2008, former WWE champion John Cena hosted the award show with Natalie Bessingwaith, and in 2004, Cena won the Fave Sports Star Award. So that's an interesting little tidbit on The Miz, and from one that's kind of, this story's a little interesting. It's kind of out there, Trey. Uh, of course, we all know that Luna Vachon passed away recently. Apparently, her ashes are being scattered at Andre the Giant's ranch, according to TMZ.com. Um, her ashes will be scattered at a North Carolina ranch, which is owned by Andre the Giant's estate. The WWE Hall of Famer's ashes were also scattered there when he passed away in 93. Andre was Luna's godfather, and the two were very close, according to TMZ. Um, funeral service for, services for Vishon, who passed away last week, were also held at the mentioned ranch. So I, I wasn't aware that they were that close, but uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. With all the bad publicity that's come out because of her passing, it's good to end on a positive note this way. Oh, I think so. On that note, I guess we should go ahead and uh, let me pull up the emails here just a second. Kind of talk amongst yourself. I love reading the chat room on the people that could be they. Batista, Kazarni, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. Actually, if it was Kazarni, it would be Kazarni and Kat because they're married now. Oh, yeah. Lucky bastard. I don't know who they could be, man. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been completely stumped. I know. It, it has been a while it's for not me. Because, it's not because they, <laughs> TNA, it's not because TNA has stumped me. It's because the free agent market isn't that big right now. Right. I mean, your top stars that are out there that can still go, that are free agents, are, and I'm not sure how much he can go now, Bobby Lashley, you know, you've got... Um, Batista, you've got Booker T, you know, none of those. Batista would be big, but Bobby Lashley and Booker T would be a yawn if that was the case because they've been there before. So, I mean, anybody short of somebody who's not been there before and is a big name, there's only, you know who, it, and it would, it would only be big to the internet wrestling community. Okay. I could see them exploding with what ifs if this was the guy. What about Jim Cornette? 
now because he's already been there too, and he's got a good deal with Ring of Honor. So yeah, but I mean, with everything he said about TNA since leaving TNA, the internet wrestling community would come their pants if he was back in there with a position of authority. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, he fucking hates TNA. He hates Russo. He hates a lot of people there. I, I just that to well, me yeah, is not. He's also just started saying that shit recently. It could be smoke and mirrors. No, it's not. We actually do have a call on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What's up, guys? It's uh, Concept. Hey, Concept. What's going on, What's man? What's up, man? What's up? Um, I got a... It's kind of out there with this whole day thing, but you think it could be a swerve and be Hogan and Bischoff. And, you know, with, that can turn around to the whole thing with Sting earlier on when he was saying, you know, Dixie doesn't know what's coming. You know, I'm fighting, you know, he's fighting for all these, you know, things. I think that, you know, Hogan and Bischoff, it it could swerve us and they could be they. I was wondering what you guys thought. I had mentioned to JJ on the phone off the air that my gut feeling was telling me up until this pay-per-view recently, my, my and Hogan's emergency surgery today, my gut feeling was telling me that it was going to have something to do with Bischoff and Hogan and somebody coming in to join them from a financial standpoint, you know, that could be like the money backer of the two of them to where they run the storyline where Hogan and Bischoff are trying to buy out Dixie. Yeah, because they got control. After she brought them in, they have creative control, but she's the ultimate authority. They could be Bischoff and Hogan with a financial backer there to take Dixie out like a corporate takeover, a hostile takeover. And that's what Sting was trying to warn her about. Well, maybe that Jarrett. That made sense to me. Maybe Jarrett would get into it. Well, Jarrett figures into it somehow because Sting told Jarrett the blood was on his hands. Yeah. And that would actually make sense, though. Hogan, Bischoff, and Jarrett. You know, and there you've got three guys from WCW. So maybe it's a WCW invasion. <laughs> oh, great. Well, I that's kind of what I was thinking was, <laughs> can't you wait. know, you could use them and say, hey, we've been looking for a show to take over to put us back in the spotlight since we killed WCW. You know. I mean, you can go almost anywhere with it. Because, <laughs> you know, so. if that happens, because this, this is what we have to look forward to. Then the marquee on TNA changes to uh, WCW TNA presents some pay-per-view, and it'll be a one-night nostalgia fest, and Scott Steiner will come back, and Booker will come back, and Kiwi, and, you know, Goldberg. All these, yeah, there you go. Goldberg Poofy. will come back. You know, start uh, General Rection. You smell what the juice is cooking? Lash LaRue. Lex Luger. Lex Luger, yes, yes. You know, hit the hit the roids for a couple days, come back and, and wrestle a five star match with Sting. Macho yes. man. Oh yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah, I can do it. TNA, the diddle diddle, Dixie Carter. 2011 is gonna be the Macho Man's year. Yeah, I'm gonna diddle diddle, Dixie. Oh yeah, dig it, Rick. That Dixie Carter's a fine piece of ass. Oh yeah, diddle time, diddle diddle diddle. Well, as far as the question goes, it's it's pretty valid, man. I mean, it could happen. That would be quite the swerve. I'd be for it. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree on that. I, it just it's the only thing that you know somewhat makes sense. 
Well, you the, know internet somebody shit has all to... over, the internet would shit all over it before they give it a chance. But in storyline purposes, it could work out and be entertaining. But the internet, before 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 they could even implement anything storyline-wise to get your attention, the internet would shit all over it. Yeah, well, the internet wants the show to be their show. Exactly. That's the best thing I've ever heard anybody say right there. You know, one person's wrong and then everybody else is wrong. Quote of the night right there. You know, everybody's five years old. It seems like, right. you know, when you, you know, when you were called out on something, you get pissed off. You know, some people can just say, all right, you know. Not me. Right, I don't ever it. get mad. You know, <laughs> but the wrestling community, you know, they all want it to be their own story. And when it doesn't turn over to their, you know liking they just open up a shit fit yep we shall see my friend thanks for the phone call yeah no problem catch you guys later all right concept all right buddy all right let's go ahead and dig into the mailbag i know we've got a few to to kind of run down you've got got mail you've got you've got mail stop breaking the law okay geez so angry that guy man jeez all right laid Let's start things up. Hey, guys, long-time listener of WNL. I just wanted to comment on a couple of things. It seems like the popular thing to do these days is to just be negative on wrestling. I say the show you are watching doesn't entertain you. Use the off button. TNA doesn't entertain me, so I don't watch. Though I will say I tuned in on Thursday for the opening segment, and it wasn't too bad. I keep hearing all this bitching and moaning about John Cena winning too much. Cena is the center of the WWE Universe. He is their top star and probably their top draw right now. The top star of that company is usually going to go over, especially if that star of the company is usually, or especially if that match is the main event at SummerSlam and the opponents haven't wrestled on a pay-per-view, let alone main evented one of the big four. Speaking of SummerSlam, I don't get all the hatred towards it either. Most of the matches they put on TV were quite entertaining, even pretty good matches, Show versus SES, Kane versus Rey Mysterio, and Nexus versus Team WWE. All three are matches people should see. Five-star matches? No. Entertaining, enjoyable wrestling matches? Yes. To the 900th episode of Raw, which, from listening to the show, Trey was quite upset about, which, in a way, I don't blame him. They did hype it up to be... uh, They did hype this up over the top show. However, I didn't have great expectations for it. Most of the guys they could have had out there are either in TNA or, sadly, dead. They would have been a small handful of guys they could have used that people watching today might have remembered. They did do some flashbacks, which I thought, which I think they should have done even more of. However, at the same time, I was thoroughly entertained by the show. Uh, it could have been more wrestling heavy, but they chose to go another direction. Even though it was probably one of the cheesiest over-the-top segments, I enjoyed Nexus, Taker, Hart, Kane stuff. Uh, they've really made it seem like Kane is the dominant one in the feud when in the past it's been Taker being the dominant one. I think CM Punk and Big Show had a great promo. Punk had a couple of really funny lines. Trey also mentioned that the hearts looked bad, getting tossed around so easily. They were in there against the world heavyweight champion Kane. It seems they tend to make these big shows into an average. Here it is show. Uh, it didn't fail in a particular good date for them either. End of August, almost the end of summer, etc. Lastly, I wanted to touch on the IWC. It seems anyone with a mic or keyboard is now a wrestling expert with a radio show or a website or blog or column (laughs) or all of it. Everyone seems to think they could run WWE or TNA better than the people who've been in the business for decades. The 
the internet has a whole as a place where people go to bitch and moan about things to be racist. No one has anything good to say anymore, and it seems which is sad because I feel like I'm one of the few who on a regular basis enjoys WWE television. All of these IWC loons need to put down their anger and just breathe, relax, and watch. I hope all of this makes sense. I had a lot on my mind listening to the show, and hopefully it's clear and coherent in this email. DBE, formerly The Game 451 on the old forums. Nice email. Nice and long. Uh, I give him credit on that one. You can't really, you know, argue with somebody who has, you know, their own thought process. That's true. This is not where we tell your opinions wrong. So, uh, moving on. Hey, Trey and JJ, just wanted to say you guys are doing a great job. WNL is hands down the best wrestling show out there. You guys have a lot of fans out here in India. Is there a possibility we could get another WNL show during the week? The live paper, <laughs> <laughs> the live pay-per-view coverage at MMA now are awesome, too. Uh, I think I belong to a small group of people who thoroughly enjoy watching the WWE, TNA, MMA, UFC, Strike Force, etc. TNA is in no way even remotely as bad as the wrestling media makes it out to be. Agreed. So the rest of this I'll let you read in private because I'm not going to bash other people. Um, my apologies for the rather long email. Thanks again, Gerard. Gerard, do you know inside your father's jacket was a special mushroom? I think he did. You know what that's from? I, it sounds familiar, man, but I can't place it. Gerard, do you know your father got a mushroom belt? You got to coordinate. Flip it and hit it. Coordinate. From the rooter to the tutor. Boomerang. Okay, okay. Gerard, good email, by the way. Um, forward that to me, if you will, Mr. Sexay. I will, and you can answer him on uh, back in the email uh, there. But, yeah, thank you for the email. That was awesome. I appreciate you. As far as another WNL show, um, well, it won't be Wrestling News Live, but if you go to this website I'm kind of fond of, it's called www.wrestlingnewslive.tk. Look at the main story graphic, and your answers shall be received. Woohoo! All right, moving on to the next email. Hey, fellas, there's another English guy. Parentheses, we're not all as retarded as Crelly. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question and a chance for Trey to use his fabled pen. If you had to book the WrestleMania card right now today, what would the matches be? The highlights of my choices are Cena versus Punk. To unify world titles. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston to unify the ICUS title. Sheamus versus The Undertaker. Orton versus Goldberg in a Hall of Fame inductee last match. Keep up the great work, guys. Would love to call in one day, but always have to keep working. And this comes from uh, a guy that's we're pretty familiar with. He's in the EFED, uh, Phil Hart. I'll have to answer that one later. Give me some time to think about that one. That's a good one. So, but I'm being kicked out, so I've got to go. Okay. Um, I'll let you end the show, and and uh, I'll call you in just a minute. But uh, to everybody listening, thank you again for tuning in to Wrestling News Live. Hopefully next week I'll be in my own home, and we'll do a little overtime for you. How's that? Sounds so good. With that, with that being said, I will try my best to join JJ tomorrow night on Unplugged for a little while, if possible. If not, have a great show. Awesome job as always, JJ. Thanks for the help, Crelly, even though you're a fucking foreign kid. Um, just, 
I want to say thank you to everybody who listens to Wrestling News Live, be it live, be it on the archive when you get a chance. Um, again, you're the reason why we do this and the reason why we have a passion for this. Thank you very much for choosing us over other options that you might have. And with that being said, I will see you guys down the road. Take care. All right, Trey. We'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. I want to kind of run down these last couple emails before I wrap the show. Um, this latest email comes. Uh, I find it funny that you guys did the Power Ranger bit on last week's show. During Raw, Cole kept mentioning how many shows were nowhere close to having 900 episodes. Oddly enough, the Power Rangers is a show that's pretty close. There are 700 episodes. Uh, just read that TNA is doing a tryout camp workshop called the Gut Check. I was thinking about the TNA hate, and Trey talked about how if you offered people what TNA has most, would want it. Hold on. let me. I was thinking about the TNA hate. Okay. I'm kind of lost on that statement. I can't help but agree even though I don't like EV 2.0. I was never an ECW fan, but to be totally honest, I love WCW, and I'd love to see Fortune versus a WCW group. As much as I don't like seeing EV 2.0, I'd love to see Fortune feud with a group of Sting, Nash, DDP, and the Steiner Brothers. I'd even be okay with Disco Inferno being tossed in for fun. Glad AJ won last night. Wish Impact wasn't preempted this week. Take it easy, guys. And I believe that one comes from Troy Smith. So thank you, Troy. Uh, Moving on to our next email of the night. This one comes from uh, Daniel Waquez. I think I'm pronouncing that right. So did you guys ever hear about Mark Loves Clown Porn Madden? (laughs) Come and talk to Trey Dog, Wolf Wolf Buzz, and have a nice on-air fight? Uh, No, we've never heard from Mark Madden. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I would love to book it. Would love to book it. Um, I enjoyed Raw for what it was worth. I mean, Kali botched three times, I believe, and that had to be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, besides Raw's 900th episode. Oh, and once once again, another great show, enjoying every minute of it. And what are your thoughts of the new 2011 SmackDown versus Raw? Um, you know what? That game is going to be kick-ass. I mean, bottom line, everything I have read about the game, the videos that I have seen, the information that I've been privy to, this game is going to kick ass. I mean, on Wednesday, we're going to find out what the roster is going to be. You know, they've got a physics engine. So I definitely am looking forward to getting my hands on that game. I, I definitely recommend it to anyone who's who loves the SmackDown versus Raw 2010 they pretty much overhauled the, the engine. The graphics are are crisper. The you actually have muscle flexes on the characters. So in other words, they don't come out all bulked up, but depending on the movement, you can see the the, the musculature kind of kind of bulk up. I mean, they've really done a great job. You've got that that whole physics system with weapons, where if you suplex somebody and the ladder's in a way, you're going to hit the ladder. I mean. Bottom line, this game is a must-have for anyone who's interested in playing professional wrestling games. So, thanks for the emails, guys. I appreciate it. Sorry we had to end this on a on a semi-early note, even though we've gone a little over two hours tonight. So, uh, definitely tune in tomorrow night for another edition of Unplugged with myself, the Sensational Sean, 
Trey says he's going to try to come in. Of course, Crelly will bring us up to date on the news. And tomorrow night is the first night of the new season of the of NXT, and it's an all-diva episode. So I'm really looking forward to finding out who's going to be Aloisa's replacement. And I'm a little discouraged that a 6'9 diva was taken out of this contest. I mean, that just had win written all over it. 6'9? Oh, man. I don't know. Also, stay tuned later on this week. We're going to have an episode of MMA archived on Friday. Uh, World Wrestling Revolution should return this Saturday. No pay-per-view on Sunday. And, of course, Trey and I will be back again to talk to you guys next week right here on WNL, as always. So, guys, again, thank you. And I can't echo the sentiments enough that Trey said. We love you guys. Thanks for supporting the show. We appreciate you. On that note, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for myself to get out of here. But before I do, JSK, take us out of here. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, Peach 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. So what are in hell? It's a universal conduit. Lubricates a transition from one plane to another. So what's going to happen? You have to be fully submerged. For how long? As long as it takes. Tells me